And we're back. My voice is still a little bit harsh, ladies and gentlemen. But we are back for our year-end award show once again. It'll be the last time that you see the M-A-double-T and Huge Pop himself in 2023. Right. To, uh, Friday. Well, today, when you watch this live on WFPN, I'll be under the knife with another ear surgery. So, if you guys could just keep me in your thoughts and prayers, that'd be amazing uh, going mm. forward. Um, and uh, thanks for everyone else who has reached out to me over the last like, few days to uh, uh, do that as well. Um, our second annual year-end awards show. And then we will end it with our typical Friday fun stuff with our college football pickums. We're going to pick the bowl games of all the top 25 schools. So right. hope you're ready for that. Absolutely. Um, so we'll start off with our huge pop wrestling. Uh, they're the rookie of the year male. Rookie of the year male at the top of the list. We're going to start off with a banger. I thought about that. And I was telling Matt it was a hard one for me. Um, but this year, I was thinking about who was the rookie. Rookie to me means that's getting their shot. And um, I loved what they did um, and are still doing with Hook. AEW. I thought he did it while they're using him and what he did, what he, you know, has his boy made it, got his chance. And what they did with him on AEW is pretty impressive. So but. good pick, good pick. My rookie of the year, and I'm gonna he's a friend of the show. Yeah. He's been in the he's been in the business for a minute, but to me, he's finally getting an opportunity and he's finally in a in a situation where he's he to me is the MLW rookie of the year he is your MLW heavyweight champion he is the one the only Alex Kane there to me he's Bubaye. Bubaye. absolutely um, <clears throat> so, and if Alex, you watch this going back and you, you consider yourself not a rookie, I apologize. He'll let you know. Oh, he will let me know. He will absolutely let me know. And that's why we love Alex Kane. Keeps in it, keeping it 100 with everybody. Absolutely. absolutely. Moving on to the next category, rookie of the year, female. Again, there's um, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. No, you give yours first. I think this one was one that I've just thought about for a while. Um, 
And at the end of the day, my, my thoughts are, Tiffany Stratton. Okay. Um, again, she's another one that's been in the business for a for a little for a minute, but I just feel like she finally is given, like, given us something to watch. Yeah. Um, I went to I went like I said, Matt. I love what they're doing. Um, you can tell she's a. Uh, her last name says it all. Julia Hart. You can tell she's she's good. Down, I as a rookie, I think she that's the big things for her. I think she's gonna be wonderful. So I picked Julia Hart. Next up, we have breakout wrestler of the year, male. Breakout wrestler of the year, male. Huh? Um. I I got two, and that's I there's I, I don't know how I can get away from it. Carmelo Hayes and Solo Sokoa. I just they made they when they when they came in when they when it came in their um promotions they made a made a made a uh, impression. Solo man, he made when he got able, when he was able to come actually into the Bloodline story, he was man that was awesome, and I, I think that was. A, Awesome debut, awesome breakout. My breakout wrestler of the year. He, there's no question that there's two of them. Like I have two of them as well. Um, and one of them is going to be slightly controversial. I'm sure I'm going to catch a little bit of heat on this one, but I feel that Jey Uso. It's one of the breakout performers of the year. Yeah. Jay doing his solo run, being main event Jay, getting the Yeet movement going. That to me, he 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 has self-propelled himself into the spotlight. And I love it. Yeah. And the other one got everybody saying L A Knight. Yeah. Yeah. To me, uh, to, to me, LA Knight has reinvented himself from Eli Drake to Max Dupree back to LA Knight. He keeps finding ways to stay relevant and he is the breakout because last year at this time we weren't talking about LA Knight. And now he's one of the hottest selling merchandise people in the business. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good pick. I, I I see that. Breakout wrestler of the year, female. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox, okay. Um, my breakout performer for female is uh, Zoe Stark. Okay. Zoe Stark has definitely shown. Her range, starting with the stuff she was doing with Trish right away, and then she she learned from Trish and Shayna Baszler, yeah. and then things just 
it she's gonna turn she will be in my opinion a women's champion when it's all said and done yeah yeah i agree uh next up on our list is feud of the year this one was a tough one simply because there wasn't a lot of quote unquote feuds. That's okay. Now be to pre to to say this and I'm and before before I do make this comment, I wanna make sure you guys know that this is no slight on people who like AEW. You like what you like. And I'm not going to, and I quote, I'm going to quote Will Gray, I'm not going to yuck someone's yum. <clears throat> so if you like AEW and you think they have good storylines outside of the devil, then that's cool. I personally don't think that they have storylines over there. I think it's just fantasy booking at its finest. You know, like, there's no stories. There's, there's good matches, don't get me wrong. But there, to me, there's no story. Um, and no long-term storytelling is what I'm what I'm really trying to get at, and that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So it's really hard to find feuds of the year, but the for me, the feud of the year across wrestling was Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar. They went for what three pay-per-views. They went across three different pay-per-views and they put on banger after banger after banger of match. They cut good promos on one another. It was it and it ended at SummerSlam with a handshake and an acknowledgement and a passing of the torch. I thought that was the feud of the year. Man, I can't beat that. That's that's well thought out. That's uh I didn't think I, I didn't think of that one. I would have to pick that as one of my that not that makes sense. But I picked um, the moment when Jay said, "I'm done. I'm done with you, assholes." And that feud was, you know, that brotherly feud. I can relate to that because there's those there's that tension between the 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 Jay and the Jimmys. And when Jimmy um, was gone for a while, he came back and. Helped the helped Roman Reigns. He turned on Jay, and that feud. Um, it was not as long as the feud between um, Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. I wish it could have went longer, but I, that's the when I when I hear feud of the year, I hear the brother breakup, the brother turning on another brother. That's that's the feud I that's what feud I I see. You're right, Matt. There's not a, there was not a lot of feuds to pick from because. There were storylines beyond storylines, but feuds. But yeah, I like the Cody Rhodes Brock Lesnar, but I also am a fan of the Jay Uso and uh, feud that he had with his brother Jimmy. It's a jealousy uh, it, feud kind, of, jealousy feud kind of way. Looks like Cody joining. Cody, uh, Cody Cornette in the chat saying, "What's up, boys? What's going on, Cody? What's going on, Cody? Man, thanks for the coming to the chat, man." So we got the pay-per-view of the year. Now, I'm going to let you go first, but 
before we dive into this, since Triple H has taken over, Triple H has everything that he touches turns to gold. Right. Since he's been writing and he was head of the creative, he's everything he's touched has turned to gold. Right. Um, that, that being said, there's only one other show out there that touches anything that Triple H has put up. And that's all in. And that's not my pick. I will say the uh, pay-per-view of the year was day one of WrestleMania. That was that was probably the best. And that was a show that I was talking to Matt earlier on last April. We were talking that WWE needs to do something big. And I think they hit the nail on the head when they did that. Now, that is my pick as well. A very, there's one A and one B in this situation. One A is definitely WrestleMania night one because from, from, from match one to the end to match, I think there was eight matches that night. Yeah. From, there was no bad match. There was no downtime of, God, that match sucked. Maybe the Cena, maybe partway through the Cena match. That was the opening match. Maybe that part, but that's the only like eh, kind of part of the night. Right. And that still even had some good spots. One B is this year's Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Um, and I'm stealing that because I've talked to Cody about this. Uh, I, I kind of stole that from him. Because that's his number one. And he, you got to look at, I mean, you had R-Truth returning. You had Randy Orton returning. And you had the CM, CM Punk's return. All within like two out, like three, like two, two and a half hours. There, and you look up and down that match card. Tell me a bad match on that match card. There wasn't none. No. There wasn't. No. And that's why I, that's why I led with. Since Triple H has taken over, it's, it's hard-pressed to find a bad match or a bad match card. Right. It's going to be um, – I would not want to be Triple H because, damn, what a roster they have now. Let's be honest. I was talking about this last couple nights ago. There are so many ways that Triple H could go now with storylines, and if he does it right – it could go on forever. And he has, I mean, he just, he has it stacked. If he can't do something with that, there's an issue with his, his writers. <coughs> so yeah, he, he needs to come out. He, I, there should be no reason. I guess why I say there should be, it, it should be hard for us next year at this time to pick a pay-per-view of the year. Cause all of them should going forward, have no reason to be solid. Accurate. I mean, it's, am I right? Accurate. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There's 
his roster is crazy good. I mean, damn. So we got we're at we're just a little over little under halfway through the list. Um, gimmick wrestler of the year. Shit, I didn't put one down. Um, I'll let you go first. On this. I, I skipped over that gimmick. Now, I gimmick wrestler of the year, and this is the AEW uh, wrestler of the year. No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, the gimmick wrestler of the year would be someone. There's no gimmick outside of uh, art. I consider our truth a gimmick. I consider Otis a gimmick to an extent because he's got the oh yeah, you know. Um, I want at first, like my mind immediately went to Danhausen. Yeah, that's my first. Like that was my first thing. Like Danhausen, that's who it is. Yeah, and then I read like I I I, the more I cycled through it. There's only one gimmick wrestler in it, and again, I'm I'm. It pains me to say this. I agree with Cody. It's Orange Cassidy. He's he's done. He is the inter, international champion. He is a gimmick, and he is a good wrestler. So, gimmick wrestler of the year has got to be Orange Cassidy. And I'd have to agree with you after all the facts that you just pointed out. You know, I was thinking, you know, when you think gimmick, you, Darby Allen, you know, with the skateboard and the face paint and all this stuff. And it, it could be a gimmick, but I don't think so. I think that um, you're right. You and Cody Wright are right on it. You know, you have Orange Cassidy with the jeans and the thumbs up and the hands in the pocket and the little kicks to the legs. And But he's fun to watch. He is damn good in the ring, and that punch that he has at the end is amazing. And he has a title, and he represents. So if he represents with by holding a title, and you're kind of a gimmickish, then yeah, you deserve that award. So I'd say Orange Cassidy gimmick gimmick of the year, yeah. And I am yep. an Orange Cassidy fan, so I like that. I mean, I, I support that boy all the way. I mean, Cody is not. An Orange Cassidy fan. He's not but, a good speller. Oh, yeah, he is. Each, each is. Hey, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't graduate high school. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> Cody, um, Cody, uh, Cody, 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 Rose. That's right. No. Um, love you, Cody. Match, match of the year. I don't know if we want to slide that to the bottom. Um, yeah, we'll slide that one towards the bottom. Okay. Uh. I did just not good, he says. Okay. Um, the entrance slash theme of the year. I don't know if you have it if you have yours queued up or not. No, I'm not as good as you, man. I'm not as good as you. All I can um, do is this. I usually get it. All I can do is this. Top of the cage. Jay Uso, man. That entrance music that he has, man. I love it. I get hot for that every single time I hear it. I get up and I, you know, it's just, I love it. The day one ish or whatever, what I don't know how how that goes, but that's I. When I say entrance music of the year, I say that. 
mine, there's three of them that it's all pretty much kind of a mesh. Um, and and they're quite. I mean, I'm. I, it's, it's gonna. I'm gonna be probably made fun of because this is whatever. Um, again, these are just my opinions. The, the three entrance music and just the entrance. And I've seen all three, or I've seen two of the three live, and they. And I get chills and goosebumps when I. It's Cody Rhodes. Kingdom, Seth Rollins, his burn it down with the whoa. That I mean, that could just see. I I got goosebumps just like mocking it. And the third one will always be one of my favorite themes. He's back in the WWE. Y'all mother truckers, all you haters out there, need to just shut your mouth and. Watch good wrestling for now, or for a change. And that's CM Punk, Cult of Personality. Those are my three. It's a three-way tie for first. Nothing compares to those. I laugh at that. That's funny. Because <laughs> we could get into debate because, and I and I, I laugh, but now I, since you and I have had conversations, that's, you know, about how you really feel. I, I I'll just leave it there because no uh, there, no we'll have there was a, there was a day there was a day and now but I realize now that you explained it that it's not CM Punk it's the Tony Khan you didn't like yeah Tony Khan I, ruined Tony if you remember, Khan ruined Punk you remember a year ago about this time we, we were having conversations that were pretty heated about me liking Punk and me thinking Punk got hosed and. Now you like punk, but now you understand. I understood that you it wasn't punk you didn't like, it was who was running punk in, his, in, the, in the promotion. So, I mean, let's be truthful no one runs AEW, no, nobody does. Nope, it's Indian uh, mud show wrestling at this point. Pretty much, um, the debut of the year. Um, man, that could be, shoot. You mean, I mean, that could be, I mean, from, for me, it could be the people, someone coming up from NXT, you know, or, um, so I'm going to put my boy, boy Sola. Um, he made an impact. From day one, and he got into the the main roster. He fit right into a great, but of course, there again, he fit into a storyline that was already there for him to come into it, so it made it easy. But the way he came in and that silent little thing, or or um, another one that comes to mind. I wish they would uh, use them more, and it's um, that's why I wish they would use them more. The the TikTok guy, the guy that comes with the hourglass. Um, oh, carrying cross. Karrion Cross, I was super stoked how they ended his time in NXT, and then in the beginning of the year he came back, but then he was not. Okay. So those are my two picks. My my one 
I'm just going to play you a song. Adam Copeland making his AEW debut. Quite honestly, next to MJF, he's the only reason I watch what I watch for AEW. Yeah. That's my AEW, that's my debut of the year. Yeah, I get it. He's not a rookie. He's not an up-and-comer. But he debuted in a different promotion under a different name. Adam Copeland. Edge, whatever you want to call him, debut of the year. Yeah, I don't even think I, you know, I didn't think that. I, but you're right, his debut at AEW. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have the return of the year. Quite honestly, I'm pretty sure we have the same one, and. It's quite okay. He is Phil Brooks. He is the cult of personality. He is the voice of the voiceless. He is CM Punk. Returning to, to the WWE after 10 years. Come on. The return of the year. Yeah, you can't you can't go against that. Uh yeah, CM Punk. I was just curious, you know, if I love how they play that out when, you know, they created, um, whether it's True Heat or not, with Drew McIntyre and Seth, whether that's true or not, whatever. But that if it's not, that's great storyline building. But my thing, I I, I hope, at first, I, if if you would have showed him, if, if we would have said this before he, he appeared at um the pay-per-view, I, my statement, I think I was talking to you, um, my statement was, I hope it doesn't overshadow Randy Orton's um, return. And I don't think it did because Randy Orton got his moment in that match and war games and he made he made it. You know, he returned, he made his moment, everything else. And that was brilliant, brilliant stuff. So my 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 uh return of the year are two people. I, but number one, it's one A, one B. Number one overall would be CM Punk. But let's give it up. I mean, Randy Orton's been off the shelf for 18 months. Yep. And to come back and look like he did. Damn. And one C. There's one more that we're forgetting. It's our truth, baby. Our truth. Our truth. Come back eating all them chips. Yep. End up. Eating, <laughs> eating them ruffles, baby. Yep. Eating them ruffles. And then that I mean, and then them jelly rolls on Monday night. Come on. Yeah. That's that shit's good. That's that's some good stuff, man. Um, so that was the return of the year. Tag Team of the Year. This one was tough. Uh, this one was really tough. Um, I want to say there's I and I and I've tossed so many of them around for for the last few years, like few months, and few, like just trying to put this list together. I wanted to say FTR. I really wanted that to be my tag team of the year. But I couldn't pull the trigger. I really wanted it to be. 
like the street prophets or someone that is, you know, a bigger group couldn't pull the trigger. The team that I'm picking is the acclaimed. That team did so much for AEW, brought so much, so many more eyes to the business, and like they made it fun again. They were a reason for me to watch AEW because of their little rap at the beginning, and and when I say when I mean tag team of the year, I'm not just meaning. In-ring ability, I'm talking promos. I'm talking just just overall entertainment value for it. And again, whoever's watching, Cody's in here talking. The other two that are out there watching, these are just my opinion. Other three now that are watching, these are my opinions. I think I enjoyed the Acclaimed more than any other tag team this year. As far as overall entertainment value, I'm not an acclaimed fan, so I disagree with you. Um, they are talented. I'm not saying, and they did bring a different um, uh, look to AEW. And yeah, it's fun. And they are, but I'm just not a fan of them. But um, I see where you're going with that. I see. Yeah, they. I mean, FTR. I thought Matt. You know, I thought that. I did think that was. Just, I, I thought, yeah, FTR all the way. Matt's gonna pick that. Um, you know, and FDR, I, I couldn't do that either. Um, I'm going to go with my boys. I've always been a fan of the Usos. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think even as it's split up, it's brilliant. But they did carry the bloodline. Promos, they're athletic as hell. Um, yeah, so the Usos. Okay. Now, <clears throat> most... This this one right here, most improved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll catch shit for mine. So. My oh, I'm gonna I'm going to speak volumes here because a year ago today or a year ago, I thought this guy was absolute dog water. And he shouldn't even be inside the ropes at all. He needs to go down to the NXT. He needs to. I was one of those. I thought the guy was absolute trash. Now, watching him and watching him over the last year with character development, in-ring ability, he is honestly one of the hottest heels in the business. He is Dominic Mysterio. He is the most improved <coughs> professional wrestler in all of professional wrestling. Most improved Dominic material, Dirty Dom, Mommy's Puppet, whatever you want to call him. He is the most improved. Yeah, and I, I echo their same remarks, Matt. I was that guy too. I saw thought what they were what he what he was with is with Ray. I was like, that's trash. He can't he can't even speak. He can't rustle a lick. And then when the switch made, and uh, that's Triple H again, when the when the 
the turn made to make him heal. Man, the prison did him well because he came out of that prison cell. Changed man. I don't know what happened. He was in there for one day. Who cares? But prison, down, down. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure uh, was a Michael Cole at Survivor Series goes, man. This is the this is the longest he's ever been behind bars, and he's been to prison. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. Yes, I will say down, down. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, let's go with faction of the year. Faction of the year. Um, excuse me. I hate this because it seems like it's uh it's an obvious one. Um, I'm not I'm not a fan of the Judgment Day uh, faction. I think of Bloodline and I think of um, Mox's group. Um, I'm gonna go with Bloodline. I have to. I'm I'm a big fan of them. And I, one of our shirts are modeled after that blood after that faction. So the day one ish one. So bloodline. Huh. faction of the year. This one I threw out. I threw a. I threw that on at the end of the list. Because uh, I was trying to come up with an even twenty questions, even twenty categories, and I. I want to say the bloodline. I want to. Yeah. But I can't. Yeah. A faction to me is three or more people that are consistently together on TV. And this is nothing against Roman missing, not being on TV. It's not his issue. And I understand why they do it. So I'm not hating on Roman. And I'm not hating that. And I understand what they're, what they're doing. My, I have to go Judgment Day. I, I do. Because they run shit on Monday Night Raw. They are the attraction. They are the, the main people. They're the mainstays. They're the evil empire on Raw. They just are. Like, our truth goes through them. Um, like, more the all the backstage segments are in the freaking Judgment Day clubhouse. Um, I just think the Judgment Day, Rhea being Rhea, uh, Dom, Dom Dom being who, who he is, being one of the top three heels, top 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 three heels in the business. You have Finn and Damian, who are tag title holders, and Money in the Bank briefcase. And up until last week or last Saturday, we had Dom Dom as the North American Championship. So I mean, they ran stuff for majority of the year. So I have to go Judgment Day. I mean, I I get that, but the first half of the almost three quarters of the year before the before the Usos uh, before the bloodline broke up, they were running this shit too. 
they were running SmackDown, you know, or and they were showing up on Raw too. I mean, I get it. The Judgment Day is title holders, and they do have everything. And so I guess, yeah, I, I can see that. But I, I just, again, it's a matter of opinion. And like I said, everybody that's watching this show or watches this afterwards, please don't hate on the on don't hate because we all we all have our own opinion. So that's what I like about what Matt and I do. We have we're able to share our opinions as brothers and bounce it off of each other. So. I agree with you. I, I see what you're saying. So we got promo of the year. I couldn't pick one. I can pick people. I, I, I can't. I'm not, you know, there's been so many solid promos of the year. Promos. There has. I mean, anytime you put a microphone in Cody Rhodes' hand. It's gold. Every time he put, even when CM Punk is at AEW no, and over here, he's gold. LA Knight is gold. I, I mean, I, I couldn't pick one. I mean, what stands out to me is when Becky Lynch talked about Nia Jax's uh, knees, that was funny as hell. She's gold. But to pick one, I wouldn't be able to, man, I can't. Um, maybe, maybe the one where Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes were in the um, ring together sticks out in my head as, uh, Roman Reigns hit a solid one that I got, if I, I think about in ring, I, yeah, I guess I would pick that one. I'd pick MJ, not MJ, but, um, John Cena in the ring with, um, he did that one on the Miz. I think it was the Miz. Was that the Miz? No, it was Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Uh, yeah. That was solid fucking cool shit. Austin Theory and John Cena. I like that. Like you, I. I mean, you, you gotta look you, when when I was going through trying to figure out who I would pick, and everything, and who who would pique my interest, and like, uh anything MJF ever does is gold. Uh, his, his bar mitzvah stuff was hilarious. When he when he had the four the three other pillars before the four pillar uh, of AEW match, when he just absolutely shredded all three of the other guys, that was great. Um, if you want the drama, like Jey Uso, Jimmy and Jay, when they turned on Roman earlier this year. That was a classic. But the one that that I keep going back to, and it was pointed out by, again, I'm taking something that Cody had, had mentioned in a conversation we've had. Sammy Zayn and made you believe and absolutely think that he was going to beat Roman at Elimination Chamber. That was probably the most emotional of the year. And he was fired up like he was going, he knew, he thought he was going to win. And he made you believe and think the same. So that's the one that I'm going with. I'm going Sami Zayn against Roman leading into elimination chamber. I, I went I'll piggyback off that one too. I um I like uh 
Sami Zayn when he was on trial. I call that a promo. Yeah. And Jay and Jay stepped up and said, "I got my facts," and he showed the facts, and that's when he super kicked or hit a hit. Uh, I think he hit hit Roman with a chair. That promo right there, that segment was amazing to me. And it goes along with that same thing about Sami Zayn. And or we got can't forget uh, Edge's uh, um, at a Christian's uh, go fuck yourself. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was how. That was well. There is one more LA Knight when he says, I got a map for you, and it's gonna lead you directly to where you can put each and every last ball of prime. Yeah. You know, like that was one of my favorites, but uh, so we're headed down to the final, final few, and uh, I think we got the final four. The face of the year. The baby face wrestler of the year. And without question, it's the dude that I'm wearing his shirt. It's Cody Rhodes. You ha- there name a bigger baby face. It pained me. It pained me, pained me, pained me to say it, but I agree. Cody Rhodes. I mean, he's the face. I mean, man. the next biggest, the next best is Seth Rollins. Yeah. If I had to put a face of WWE I'd, or wrestling, I'd say that'd be three. I'd say Seth, Cody Rhodes, and I love, I think Alan Knight would be a good, is a good face. I really do. Well, he's more of a, he's, I thought about him. When he's I say over, He's over and he's over like Rover, but he's more of a tweener. Yeah. He's one of those guys that could go either way. But I I think, and lately, CM Punk could be considered a face because he's out there kissing babies and, you know, doing his thing. But definitely Cody Rhodes. Heel of the year. There's three of them. There's three, three of them. I'm gonna say this, and Matt's gonna give me all kinds of shit because I honestly could not could not stand this guy. And I don't know if he's a heel anymore. I mean, I really don't. But for 99 percent of the time in 2023, you have to say MJF. You have to. Uh, he would be my pick, and I I didn't like the guy in the beginning because I didn't understand heel as. That I was told many times by many different people. That's what he was supposed to. If they piss you off, then then he is exactly it. And everybody hates Roman Reigns, but he's a great heel. And one of the best heels, it may not be a wrestler, but damn it, he deserves a shout out, is Paul Heyman. My top, there's, you, you throw Heyman in there, he would be four. My top three, and you just named MJF, Roman. And like I said before, one of the hottest heels in the business because everybody hates them. It's Dom Dom. Yeah. Those That's three true. right there, it's a three-way tie across the board for them. Yep. Yep. Because they are all heels and they do it differently. Yes. MJF does it with his mouth. Mm-hmm. 
Roman does it because people want to see him lose, and he's just a bully, and everyone wants to see him just get his ass beat. You're a heel. And Dom Dom, people just hate on him. Yep. They hate him because they ain't him at that no, point. Probably. You know? Look, running with running running with mommy. Well, fuck. So now that gets us to the female wrestler of the year. If you don't save Rhea Ripley, you're screwed. That that woman is bad. She she has carried the women's division in WWE and in AEW. That she is hot as heck on the mic. She is hot as heck in the ring. And she's not gonna lose for some time. So Rhea Ripley. There's one A and one B for me. One mm-hmm. A is Rhea. And run one B is Becky Lynch. Yeah. Becky Lynch's 2023 has been outstanding. Her feuds that she, her not feuds, her programs that she's had have been amazing. So I'm gonna go Rhea and uh and Becky. Oh, male wrestler of the year is up next, and you have so many people that you can pick from. Mm-hmm. You have a guy like MJF who has had absolute bangers when it comes to matches. Mm-hmm. He is a fighting champion. He is at every pay-per-view putting that putting that title on the line. You have Seth Rollins who is basically the 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 WWE version of MJF when it comes to being the, a fighting champion. You have Jey Uso, who has single-handedly taken himself from a tag team-only competitor to main event Jey and elevated himself and put the spotlight on him forcefully. Those are four perfect, perfect people. But it comes down to me, and again, that's in my opinion. It isn't facts or isn't anything to debate. It's in my opinion on the male wrestler of the year, it's Cody Rhodes. He has done an amazing job with his feud. He had the feud of the year with Brock Lesnar. He has the support of everybody. Like the not, the the haters even love him at this point. I think he's done so much for the WWE and Monday Night Raw. He's there each week. He, if he's not, if he's not in ring competitor, he is on the mic as a leader. I I as I just I can't not say Cody Rhodes for that. Again, my opinion. Okay, my opinion is as well as just an opinion, and probably I mean we talked about this before. We went on on this guy has 
been through many character changes and he's continued to elevate. Um, and he adapts to whatever he needs to adapt to. And I'm going to say L.A. Knight because he is he's been hot 99% of the year. Even when he loses to Roman Reigns, he's hot. You know what I'm saying? He's still good, you know, and yeah, uh, you know, I see Cody saying Jay. I, yeah, Jay's in their consideration too, because like Matt said, he's been went, took himself out of the tag team, out of the faction of the year to singles competition. And he's still getting <coughs> the love. So, but I had to go with LA Knight because um, he was he's been amazing throughout the whole year. Um, you know, I could say yeah, I, I, yeah, LA Knight, yeah. So here we go. It's the name of our show. It's a huge pop wrestling. And what do we have? We have, what do we call a big ovation and an oh my God moment? We call it a huge pop in the world of wrestling. So this is our last category in our year-end awards. And then we're going to be going into our football stuff. The huge pop moment of the year. So Matt and I were talking about this, and um, I'm going to do something different. Uh, yeah, I popped a lot when with all these big things. You know, I popped in when the Survivor Series, you know, WrestleMania. I popped, I thought about this, about one of my biggest pops was when Ricochet and Logan Paul collided in the middle in the air. Everybody got off their feet and went, holy crap. And I don't want to sound twisted, but huge pop for me, something big that shook the world was when Bray Wyatt passed away. That's my huge pop moment because we lost a member of the WWE way too soon. And I was just starting to like the Wyatt family stuff. And we lost one, somebody. So I talked to Matt about a couple, about a week ago. And um, unfortunately, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but to me, that was huge. When I think huge, I think, oh, my God. And that was. That's fine. So I don't mind to bring everybody down. Hopefully, Matt can pick us up because. Well, <laughs> so we. So when I was putting, the again, I putting this list together and really trying to figure it out, like my answers for this and my my responses it really came down to two moments. One happened outside of the world, outside of the ring and outside of the arena. And that was Vincent Kennedy McMahon selling his baby, his, his thing that he's worked on his whole entire life to endeavor. The selling of that to me was a holy shit moment. That was about like, I didn't go, I didn't clap or I, it was just a, oh my God moment. That's one. That's, there's two of them. And number two, again, the three, the, the three plus Cody. Well, the four of you that are watching, I don't know who you are. Or anything, but I want I want you guys to know, and you guys can come at me, whatever. But when CM Punk 
walked out in Chicago, I popped. I that that got me like holy shit. What? Are you what? Like 10 years ago you left or got fired or whatever and now you're back when you said you'd never come back. I am a punk head. I love I I've always liked CM Punk. I thought he was mishandled in AEW. But now he's home. And to me, that was the huge pop rope moment of the year. It, you know, that's who it is. Like, that's my, that's, that's my, that again, my opinion. You know, and I, again, this is my opinion, guys. So don't say it, take my statement and piss, it's going to piss people off if they, if any contact creators watch this. Okay. I get it, Matt. That's a great, that is a huge moment. And I get it as far as, as a fan. Yeah, we kind of expected him to show up but we weren't sure you know and then he showed up so i i popped for that but what i didn't do is pop for pop for content creation for viewership i said it there's or and then there's no come on that you the, when i so when i think of huge pop moment of the year I'm not he's popping it because I want viewership. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And that just drives me nuts. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, when I see content creators out there going ballistic over everything that they already know is gonna happen. Really? I'm I'm throwing shade at content creators. I'm sorry, but it's just facts. I'm speaking facts. Okay, guys. That's it. Sorry. Bye. And that, that was that inappropriate? No, it's your opinion. <laughs> I'm just shooting facts. It's your opinion, and if 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 we're gonna be in that in that realm, and that in in working our way towards that, I don't know if I want to get into that whole. No, we're that's the that's the topic for a different day. And hey, I might make a TikTok video later about it. We'll see, but. Who give the shit about the Russell Talk Awards? There you go. <laughs> Douchebag of the year goes to Cody. We all know that. Voice, <laughs> not afraid to speak his mind. We're going to take that to Cody too, right? <laughs> all right. So, with a with that, the the year end awards have come to come to an end. And we switch over to the bowl prediction version. The bowl prediction, the NCAA football uh, bowl prediction. And we will be doing this with all the people. If your team out there just happened to make a bowl game and you're in the top 25. We're going to be talking about your boys. Um, so let's just start off. I'm scrolling through here. Jesus. Wednesday, December 27th. So we're 13 days away. Yeah. We got Louisville Cardinals, 10 and 3. 
in the Holiday Bowl against USC. We just lost someone because no one cares about football, apparently. Anyway, Louisville's got a seven and a half point favorite on that game. Louisville takes them. They cover that seven and a half plus three. They win by ten. Yeah, I, I think I think Louisville wins. Um, and I just say that because uh, again, this is an adult podcast. So if you let your children listen to this, then you're out of your mind. Fuck Caleb Williams. He's overrated. And I hope he breaks his leg. Yeah. I was going to say, I picked that Louisville because I'm out. I hate LeBron James and his son goes there. So, well, he can break his leg too. He's a pathetic piece of crap. Next up, we have Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. A&M favored by two and a half in the in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State by three. But they're just kids. They're just kids. And if he drops a pass, don't come to them. Come to me. I'm, I'm a man. man. I'm 30. I'm 30. Go or, I'm state. 40. Yeah, I'm 40. 40. I'm 53 years old. Come to me. I'm a man. I'm going to go okay, okay State as well. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just something about, they, they played, uh, who, uh, who was it? They they played Texas pretty tight in that uh, Big Twelve championship game. So yeah, I'm gonna go Texas. I'm I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. Okay. Next up, we have on Thursday, December 28th, at the Wasabe Fenway Bowl. I'm guessing that's in Boston at Fenway Park. Um, SMU takes on Boston College, and uh, SMU's got a ten and a half point favorite. I can um, honestly say I've not watched those two play. I haven't either. So I am going to go SMU. Yeah, SMU they're eleven and two. Yeah. Boston College is six and six. Um, yeah. Really, I'm going to go SMU. Uh, so next on the slate, we got two ranked teams. We have uh, in the uh, Valerio Alamo Bowl, number fourteen, Arizona. Takes on number 12, Oklahoma. Arizona's favored by three. I got to go with PJ's team, Oklahoma. Sooner. Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, let's go. I mean, I, I agree. I think they're going to win as well. Um, Friday, December 29th, Clemson in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl plays um, – Unranked Kentucky. Clemson is favored by four. Um, I'm going to pick the upset. I'm going to go to. I'm going to go Tucky. Um, I think Kentucky can win, uh, win that ball game uh, because you know Kentucky played in the SEC and that and they did play some tough teams. I think their seven and five record. They play if they play in the ACC, they win. They they. They would give people fits. So I think Kentucky wins. Like I say all the time, the only thing about good about Clemson is they're they run down the hill to under the field. So I, I'm a Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky. Next up, we got Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl out in Arizona. Um, Oregon State at eight and four plays Notre Dame nine and three. Notre Dame six and a half point favorite. Um. Oregon State is going to be without their head coach. 
because he is now the new head coach at Michigan State. I'm going Notre Dame wins. Uh, I think they win by 14. Notre Dame, man. Yeah, I think they're impressive. Um, uh, yes, so I picked Notre Dame. Yeah, they'll, they'll win. The next game that with ranked opponents is the number nine Missouri Tigers at 10 and 2, taking on those that team from Columbus in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. It's Missouri, Ohio State. Missouri is two and a half point favorites. Really? I hate myself right now. No, I don't go Mizzou. Um, Shane Taylor. No offense to you. Eel Kevin. No offense to you. But did you see what your boys didn't do at Michigan? <clears throat> they're not going to do. They're going to do the same thing against Missouri. Missouri by fifteen. I'm not that bold. I think Missouri's going to not uh, like eke out a win against them because Ohio State won't. They don't have their quarterback. Yeah, he's... and a bunch of the and a bunch of their other players aren't going to play because of uh, transfer portal. Where'd their quarterback go? Transfer portal because he got death threats. Yeah, that's a great fan base you got going on over there. Let's yeah. let's send death threats to a 19 year old kid because he lost the game. Yeah, where'd he go? Do you know? No, he hasn't signed yet. He's gonna go anywhere but the Big Ten because he knows he can't beat Michigan. So there's there's talks he might go to uh, Nebraska. There's also talks that Marvin Harrison might come back for a fourth year. Him and Henderson. That's it. They're going to be scary good next year. Not going to lie. If those guys come back, yeah. But they're losing that like half the other team because no one wants to play for Jason Day. Right. Or Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Ryan That's Day. his name. Ryan Day, yeah. Jason Day's a golfer. A successful golfer, unlike Ryan Day. Yeah. Um, 11. <laughs> he gets wins on like Ohio State. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Saturday, December 30th, Ole Miss, number 11, against Penn State, number 10. Penn State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Penn State's ranked, uh, or is uh, favored three by three and a half. I'm going to take Penn State. They can cover it. Yeah, Penn State wins. Um, go Big Ten. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. Um. And that leads us to the Capital One Orange Bowl. Could have been a semifinal. Should have been a semifinal. Number six, Georgia takes on Florida State. Who's that coming down the track? The mean machine in the red and black. Nothing finer in the land. Then a drunk, obnoxious Florida fan or Georgia fan. <laughs> Go dogs! Go dogs! I am going to say this at NCAA: You guys missed the boat big time. 
Because you're all up Nick Saban's ass, okay? Florida State, without their starting quarterback, and their second and third string defense have beaten teams. They're undefeated. They are good. They score points. They stop people just as they will stop Georgia Bulldogs. And they will put a beating on Georgia Bulldogs because they're pissed. Georgia Bulldogs, I'm sorry. Florida State's going to run you guys because they're pissed. They have a point to prove, and they're going to prove it. Georgia Bulldogs have a point to prove, too, because they got screwed over. I'm going to pick Florida State. I cannot pick. Now, okay, so let's rewind all the rest of these episodes we've done talking about these guys. I've been a Florida State fan the whole year. I like their program. I really like what they're doing down there. And the only reason I cannot pick Florida State, Jordan Travis isn't going to play. Jordan Travis is arguably one of the most explosive football players in the NCAA. Without them, they cannot beat a team like Michigan. We if 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 we would have played Florida State in the first round, we would have dropped thirty plus on them and just wrecked them. That's just facts. That being said, Georgia by twenty one. Florida State cannot run with these boys. They just can't. Uh. Okay. All right, we'll see. That'll be a good game. I'll be bantering. I'm gonna we're gonna banter all December for that game because I I'm telling you, you're good. You guys are gonna see a team that NCAA is gonna go. Oh shit! Because I mean, I I hope I hope you're accurate. I hope you're correct. But my my smart money says Georgia. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to echo your words when we come to that last game of the that the last game, because I have the same feelings about that other team. But anyways, go ahead. So we have the next one up is the Real Quest Bowl, wherever that one's at. Um, hold on, Real Quest Bowl in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. We got the University of Wisconsin Badgers. Taking on the LSU Tigers with Heisman winner, um, Jaden Daniels. Does that bother you, anybody that I didn't even care about who was in that Heisman trophy? Now, I hated that kid making winning the Heisman. But that's a whole – like I could go on about a 15 to 20-minute long tangent just on that because – they're nine and three. They are not playing for a national championship. The three games that they lost against Florida State, against, hold on, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Did Jaden Daniels put on an absolute highlight reel all season? Yes. 
Michael Penix Jr. beat Oregon twice in the same season. And he beat that Oregon team with the other Heisman frontrunner, Bo Nix, under center. That, to me, is a Heisman winner. A Heisman winner is someone that you take away from the team and they don't win. They're not as successful. That LSU team is very good. They still would have won their nine games. They still would have probably lost the three games they lost. There's no change in what they did at that point. So, in my opinion, Jane Daniels is not the best player in the country. He is the best highlight of the country. But it's easy to do that when you're the only offensive weapon on the field for that team. That being said, I'm going to pick LSU to win that ballgame. I don't think Wisconsin has any chance at all to, to pull that out. I think they win by 10. 10 to 14. I have to say LSU. I, I agree. But I agree also that uh, the wrong guy won that, the Heisman Trophy. So, but, all right. so now, again, this is where it gets kind of fun because this next game has said Bo Nix at 11-2, and two, the number 18-8 ranked team in the nation in the Fiesta Bowl against Liberty, who's 13-0. and 0. So you have Liberty versus Oregon. 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 Now, see, yeah, no, it's going to be easy. I mean, I take I I take um that's in that conversation of where uh, um that Florida that Florida school that I thought was so good undefeated blah 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 and I could see where NCAA could see this that undefeated Liberty team may not have had a hard enough hard schedule but they're undefeated they're not going to get past Oregon there's no way nah, no now way. I'm picking Oregon and rooting for Liberty. I want to see Liberty win. I really do. I want to see them be the next Boise State. Knock off a team like that and shove it in the shove it in NCAA's face. Right. And that's but, why I that's why I picked Florida State. I'd want them to prove a point that because we're 13 and 0, we're 13 and 0 for a reason. Liberty is 13 and 0 for a reason. Why? Cuz they play good football. Obviously. But I I'll be I guess I'll be rooting for Liberty. I like to I like that underdog. I like to see them prove a point. I think they got a point to prove. And maybe when they these thirteen and all teams that didn't get into the final four prove their point, maybe then NCAA will say, oh. But of course, their NCAA is getting saved next year. They got twelve teams in the playoffs next year. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, number 17, Iowa, versus 21, Tennessee, 
Tennessee's eight and a half point favorite in that. And as much as I'm a ball fan, they better be ready for some defense because Iowa's got tough defense. Isn't Tennessee's quarterback hurt also? Probably. Um, I'd pick Iowa. Iowa, Iowa by a touchdown. I'm taking Iowa too. Defense wins championships. Defense wins ball games. Yep. And they took Michigan's potent offense and kind of slowed us down a little bit. Yeah, I mean Michigan so, could have poured, put a, Michigan could have put sixty on them, but they kept them to like I think 20, 28. Yeah. So now we got semifinal number one. It's the later game of the two because we're saving the best for last. In the All-State Sugar Bowl, it's number three, Texas, against number two, Washington. Texas is a four-point favorite. That's going to be a banger of a game. And, um, dude, I'm going to throw up the horns. Oh, he's hooking them. He's hooking horns. I'm going old school here. Let's go Huskies. I'm picking Washington. I think Michael Penix Jr. um, wants to prove why he should have been the Heisman. I think he he's 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 looking, and that team is legit. There's a reason they're thirteen and zero. And I know we've said that about those, about Liberty, about Florida State. There's a reason they're thir- they're thirteen and zero. It's not because they played cupcakes. Because this year, Washington has beaten teams Oregon twice, USC on the road, Utah, Washington or Oregon State. All of those teams have been ranked and have been in the top 15 all year long. Right. Texas, they beat Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Alabama. Alabama is their signature win. They deserve to be there. Texas is a Final Four. But I got to go Washington because their strength of schedule to me showed more than what Texas did. Right, right. So that's my pick. And then we go to the granddaddy of them all on New Year's Day at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the 12-1 Alabama Crimson Tide going against Michigan, the best team in the country. And Michigan is favored by one and a half points. If it's not clear who I'm picking, you need to get your eyes checked. Bama fans. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk directly to you now. We get it. You're a legacy. We get it. You're a traditional powerhouse. 
But when it comes to the game this year, Michigan from week one had a mission. And that was to beat whomever came out of the SEC for the national championship. That being said, Michigan advances. It's not going to be a blowout. Don't I'm don't get it twisted. I'm not a delusional fan. It's seven or less that we win by. It is going to be an absolute slugfest. Michigan by seven. Um, SEC fans. Yes, I live in Florida, and yes, I'm sick of you SEC fans. Um, you guys got a you guys got a golden ticket because you are a legacy. You are you got a legend of a coach. You have all I didn't get all that BS, and he's the one that talked his way into into the into the playoffs. Yeah, you beat Georgia by what three points? Please. Um. And then, then you then you guys are excited because you drop you jump from eight to four. That's a gift, in my opinion. Newsflash: Let's go. What Michigan's done all year? Michigan's beat people, beat people solidly, including that team from Ohio. Um, well, by far, I think they could beat you guys, Alabama. I think Ohio State could give you a game, and they could beat you. So, if anybody deserves that spot other than Florida State, it'd be Ohio State. I hate to say that because I believe Ohio State could beat Alabama at a different day. And with that said, no, it's not going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to – I think it's going to be more than seven points. I think it's going to be ten points. I don't think that's a blowout. I think that's going to be – I think that what's going to happen is Nick Saban's going to cry his little pants off when he's getting beat in the fourth quarter and just, you know, whatever. So I say by ten. Okay. So we have – AJ McCarthy. Blake Corum, and watch out for his number zero, guys. If there's going to be an MVP of that game, they're going to have to utilize his number zero. Sandstrill. I, I couldn't say his name, so <laughs> watch out. Or let me let me two. I mean, Alabama, you know, you're not probably watching this, but watch out for number 81. They're tight end. That's Colston Loveland. Watch out. I named some names. Don't forget Edwards and Corum and McCarthy and that defensive line and that offensive line. I mean, Michigan to me has got a – they have not – this is a most, more solid team than they've had in a, a long time. And, yes, you know what? They paid how many games? 13, right? And remember, almost half of those games were played without Coach Harbaugh. Yeah, because he, he had to sit out for buying a kid a hamburger the, for the first three games and then the last three games – he had to sit out because of the witch hunt that the Big Ten put on by those for stealing signs. So when I say that is because, and I don't get anything away from Michigan's assistant coach. He did a phenomenal job. It is played on the field. They have a mission, like Matt said. They had. They said we're going to win it. Now we're going to win it for Coach Harbaugh. They have a point to make, and they're and they're going to make it on on New Year's Day. And they're going to beat Ohio. They're going to beat Alabama and show the commission why Alabama shouldn't be there. You're not going to see a, a U of M versus TCU kind of game. I'm going to just say that. 
Hashtag bat. That's right. Throw them up. So, man. That does it, right? So, that, I mean, that does. Well, so we have Michigan. I have Michigan, Washington in the, in the national championship. He's got Michigan, Texas. And I think we got the same national champion. It's got to be Michigan. Go blue. Earned it. Uh, everybody keep my brother in prayers. He's going on surgery. He has surgery done tomorrow. He'll be out for the rest of uh, December. Um, so there won't be no more Friday show, Matt, Matt and Scott Friday Sports Talk um, until January. Um, yeah, might, oh. I think I have a couple interviews lined up for the rest of the month, maybe I think three um, so far. That's it. So you'll be seeing on the Huge Pop, you follow Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast, you'll be seeing some uh, throwback videos from um, last pot, prior podcast or um, some stuff. So Now, 2024, we are re... It's going to be... 2024 is going to be bigger and better. 2024, you're not going to see me until probably late January as far as the return of my Wednesday Beyond the Mat uh, show. It'll be the Wednesday before the Royal Rumble when I make my return to that show. Um, And anyone out there watching that would like to be my guest that week, please reach out to me and we can make that happen. Honey, someone's at the door. Um, so, again, if you want to be the guest, there's five people out there watching. If any of you five, and I'm talking directly to you, if you want me, if you want to be on that show, the go-home show, the, the season... The 2024 season debut of Beyond the Mat. If you want to be on that one, the go-home show to Rumble, let me know, and we'll make that happen. Um, I'm going to keep talking. while. Okay. Um, so that's where we're at. That's what my plan is. I'm going to probably go dark for starting tonight until – I'm released to be able to resume normal duties uh, at work until after the first of the year. I want to take this time to say thank you to all six of you that are what that are in the chat and watching, and anyone who watched watches this later and continues to watch our stuff all of 2023. It was a lot of fun, and there will be more content to come. Um, I love each and every last one of you guys. I want you guys to have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and a very blessed Christmas as well. And please, please do, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor and give 
each and every last one of your family members that extra loved during the season. Make sure you give that extra hug. Make sure you give that extra thank you. Just for me. Because it's just something you need to do. I echo those words, man. I appreciate everybody on the show. I appreciate the six that are watching for on um, YouTube, uh, one and one and Twitch and take, uh, Facebook. If you're on those sites and you want to hit the follow button and subscribe button, that'd be great. Help continue this journey for Matt and I, um, Pete's Pop Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for all the support. And I echo Matt's um, statement on love your, love your, um, love your family members. Tell them that you love them. Don't forget to give them that hug. Because you never know. You know, our mom was taken from us um, through cancer. But without you guys' support, I don't think we'd be here. My mom told us to continue the podcast even when she was gone. So that's what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, hug, those, hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Don't forget about them because you never know. You know, and I, I appreciate everyone that's watching the show. I appreciate everybody's support. I got a happy new year, happy Merry Christmas, be blessed all this the rest of this year, and get ready for a huge pop wrestling podcast in 2024. Love you guys. So yeah. And we're out. All my dogs, make some noise up in this house! Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is not out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is not out. Fight with Adrian Whisper is like a fight with the devil. Because when he's dealing with you, you cannot get on this level. Fight with Adrian Whisper is like a fight with a king. It's like a fight with an army, they got the tanks and everything He's leaving bruises and stitches, possibly leaving you crippled Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle Takes a dick free, beat that ass with a light bulb Leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out.